It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Guarding the last outpost of freedom, like a beacon of light to the world. And exercising our freedom of speech like we're the third monkey on the ramp to Noah's Ark. And brother, it's starting to rain. This is American Ground Radio. I'm Stephen Parr with Lewis Sar Avalone. Now, do you remember when Kanye West said that George Bush does not care about black people? Oh, my gosh. I do remember. It was oh, after Hurricane Katrina. And the it media- was the worst oh. thing. I, 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 No, no, no. The it media- was awful. No, the media loved it. It doesn't mean it was good. Well, no, it was but- absolutely wrong to say George Bush doesn't like black people. No, it's... What an awful thing to say. Well, if you're... A rational thinking person, but yeah, it served the media's narrative. They loved him for it. Sure, I mean, you had so-called, and I mm-hmm. say so-called black leaders. Uh, they're really race baiters, but that's another discussion altogether. But so-called black leaders across the country applauded his boldness. Oh yes, so good in getting an important message right. across in a language that was unapologetically. Yeah. Direct. I'm. I'm gonna let you finish, but that was a really awful thing to do. But do you? But do you also remember when Kanye met with President Trump at the White House? I do. Oh, he was unapologi- unapologetically direct then as well. That's true. He was even wearing a MAGA hat, right? Saying he looked up to Trump. Yeah. But the media, all of a sudden, they turned on him, right? And they said, "No, this is not." Love. This was rage. Kanye was a house Negro. They said Kanye's crazy he now. He was mentally ill. Right. The, the media called Kanye illiterate. Don Lemon. Remember, mm-hmm. he said Kanye was acting like a dancing minstrel show. What, what, Many right. in the black community withdrew Kanye's black card. Right. You can't have that anymore. Like, like that's something you and have you the know right why, to do. And you know why this all happened? Because he dared to think outside of the box right. in which he was supposedly assigned as a member of the black community. If you call a white person racist, if you call a Republican racist, then you're doing the good thing. But if you say the Republican's not racist and actually cares about black people, then obviously you've you've gone off the plantation. Okay, so apparently Kanye West lost his black card. Right. And now, and I don't see how that caused him to lose his black card, but married to Kim Kardashian didn't, but whatever. Okay. And now he's lost his bank card because his bank has canceled him. J.P. Morgan. Yeah. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank. You're talking about a billionaire. Um, Yeah. Okay. No, you're talking about also one of the biggest banks, if not the biggest bank on the planet. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank. This is being reported by the Associated Press has reportedly severed ties from doing business with rapper Kanye West. Why? Why? Well, they said he issued several anti-Semitic statements on social media. And maybe so. Maybe they, and very frankly, I'm not here to defend Kanye. Right. Because again, even though Kanye likes Trump, I'm not not fully sure that, that Kanye is the most logical thinker on the planet. 
you know, but at the same time, and and at at the time that they cut him, yeah, this was uh, yesterday. Yeah, there was no official reason given, uh, but apparently he has until late November to uh-huh. find another place to do business for him to bank. So let me just see if I have this straight. If your bank thinks that you've said something that they disagree with politically, they can stop you from being able to use a bank. Apparently, because they said that he made some anti-Semitic comments. And I'm not here to defend whatever he said. I'm not here to interpret whatever he said. I'm not here to explain whatever he tweeted out. But the the bottom line is, is that if a bank doesn't like what you say, however offensive that they may find it, however, you know, woke they may be. Right. They can just cancel you. So if you say that in order to actually be a woman, you need to have the right chromosomes and you actually need to have been born a woman, Chase Chase could cancel you. They could just take away all your money and yeah, take away your bank and card. Apparently, you know, he had a interview with Tucker Carlson uh-huh. and he was talking, you know, some of the stuff he said made sense. Some of it I just wasn't altogether familiar with. Like he supports ideologies related to the black Hebrew Israelites, which claim that black people are the real Jews. Okay, I'm not. I'm not a. That's not. I don't buy that. But okay, I'm not inside that wheelhouse. Yeah. But Kanye West is a billionaire, right? He is. And if a bank like that can decide, hey, we don't like what you're saying, right? Then are are you are you and I we we might be canceled as well you you've talked on the show numerous times you said how come we never hear people say anymore it's a free country oh now you're coming around earlier you're chiding me you're no, like no. oh you say this all the time no 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 i'm not I, okay i've always ahead. been around okay go but ahead. this is the point here you ask why nobody says it's a free country because of this if you say it's a free country and this crap's going on, you're a liar. It's not a free country when you can be canceled for having a freedom of thought. If you don't have the freedom of thought, if you don't have the freedom of speech anymore, is this actually a free country? And I understand Chase is not the government. They're a, they're a private company. They get to, well, they're a public company. They get to do what they want to do. You want to do business with somebody, you want to not do business, that's fine. They have freedoms too. But this isn't about the bad business deal. They're canceling this over ideology. Well, they did the same to Mike Lindell. Yeah. I mean, his bank canceled him as well. If if they can do that to the rich and powerful, what would stop them from doing that to you? Yeah, from freezing your, your bank account, for example. Just because they don't like a Facebook post you have. But see, if you go talking about Kanye, you know, and, and really... African-Americans all across this country. The Democrat Party has no place for black Americans who do not buy their narratives whole cloth, right? Right. I mean, if you don't toe the party line, the narrative, right? I mean, there is nowhere in America for successful minorities Mm -hmm. who refuse to consider themselves victims due to their heritage or genetics. If if you do not merely accept Mm -hmm. but embrace your victimhood and that your only salvation comes from the biden harris regime and the democrat socialists in congress they have no use for you who does that sound more like who does that ideology and that philosophy sound more like does canceling someone 
or saying that if you don't agree 100% with me, then you don't deserve to live. Does that sound more like George Washington or does that sound more like Vladimir Putin? Which one are you closer to there? Right. No, absolutely. And if you're saying Putin, you're on the wrong side of history. To take that phrase from Barack Obama, you're on the wrong side of history. So you have to be canceled if you're not woke enough, if the banks... For example, it's the banks today. Yes, but they're uh, they're behaving more like Vladimir Putin. But Chase, we, J.P. Morgan Chase is behaving more like Vladimir Putin than they are behaving like George Washington. Yeah, but yesterday on the show we were talking about PayPal. You brought up that PayPal right. had a, a clause in in their new PayPal user agree- is agreement. acting more like Vladimir Putin than they are like George Washington. So if they don't like what you're saying, yeah, you need to be canceled. You need to be silenced and marginalized. I mean, these are the same talking heads who live and die by telling the nation and the world Mm -hmm. about how minorities in this country are marginalized every single day. And look at what one of the largest banks in the world just did to one of the richest minorities in the world. They marginalized a black man because they didn't like what he had to say. Let's get to the top three things you need to know before tomorrow. Well, the first thing you need to know before tomorrow is that inflation is on its way back up. Inflation reaching some uh, record highs, well, at least over the last 20 years or so. The consumer price index is at 8.2% up over last year. That's a 0.4% increase over just the month before. Biden administration had been hoping to be able to say inflation was coming down before the midterm elections, but this report shows that's not anywhere close to being true. Oh, yeah, there's nothing to see here. I mean, inflation is just up an inch, just an inch. Uh, according to President Biden, because that's yeah. how you measure yeah. inflation. That's how economists yeah. measure inflation. No. There's a, there's a ruler news. that they give you when you get your economic degree. Yeah. In. Second thing you need to know before tomorrow, scores for college-bound high school seniors dropped to their lowest level in 30 years. The average score on the ACT for 2022 was just 19.8 out of a possible 36. That's a half point lower than in 2021 and a full point lower than the average in 2018. At the same time, reading scores for ninth graders across the country also dropped to their lowest point in the past two decades. Now, I would suggest to you that this is a post-COVID effect. No doubt. I mean, and I know a lot of folks heard that story, and that's the first thing that came to mind. Right. Uh, But But scores were already dropping. They dropped faster after 2022, but scores were already on their way down from 2018 to 2020. COVID just made it worse. And the third thing you need to know before tomorrow, New York's concealed carry gun restrictions are back in effect, at least temporarily. The state's old concealed carry law was struck down by the Supreme Court earlier this year, so the state legislature passed a new set of laws this summer that reimposed restrictions on where people could carry their weapons. A judge in New York put an injunction on parts of the new law last week. And earlier this week, U.S. Circuit Judge Eunice C. Lee issued a stay on that injunction. That means the law remains in effect until the second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals takes up the case later this year. Boy, what do you think about that? Their Second Amendment shall make no law. Shall make no law. Amen. Amen, brother. We'll be right back. You're standing on American ground with Louis R. Avalone and Stephen Parr. 
Welcome back to American Ground Radio. I'm Stephen Palmer, Louis Sar Avalone. No, but you do. You hardly hear mm-hmm. folks say anymore it's a free country. Right. And yet growing up, for most of us, saying it was a free country was the standard response that someone would make about something that they refused to tolerate. Or if if they did something that someone else didn't like, right. it, it was often followed or preceded by, so sue me. You know, it's a free country. <laughs> it's a free country, so sue me. But you don't hear that right. as much anymore because now, I- instead of folks opining mm-hmm. and trying to persuade others, they just shame one another uh, and, or, to shut them down, to censor them, to silence them. And it works. There's a large portion of our population right now that has felt like they should be silent. Trafalgar, they're, they're a polling company. They said that after Joe Biden came out and called MAGA Republicans an enemy of the state, they said it's been even harder to get Republicans to even answer the phone to take a poll. Republicans just won't do it anymore. They're not even going to speak because they've been shamed into silence. Well, and they don't want to be manipulated. True. At the same, used as pawns right. in whatever agenda that they're trying to advance. Right. But, you know, there's a new story out about the DHS, mm-hmm. Department of Homeland Security. They knew... That horse whipping story oh, on the border was completely false. In fact, if, everybody knew that story was completely false. Oh, well, except Mayorkas, right. Secretary Mayorkas. No, no, he, he knew. He, he, he was knew, told. But he came out. Anyway. Yeah, there, there's an email that's been leaked, and the this is an internal email mm-hmm. there at the Department of Homeland Security. And Secretary Mayorkas mm-hmm. was, in fact, told mm-hmm. that the photographer behind the images depicting the border patrol agents on horseback are not those photos were not as they seem in fact that's what the photographer said in fact the photographer said i've never seen them referring mm-hmm. to the border patrol agents mm-hmm. i've never seen them whip anyone right and they said he said the the agents the border patrol agents were swinging it mm-hmm. uh, referring to the, uh, the 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 rains, but they've never hit anyone, and it can be misconstrued when you're looking at the photos. However, Vice President Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. she was asked about the photos, and she called them deeply troubling. That's not what's deeply troubling. What's deeply troubling is that the people leading this country knew the truth and told us a lie anyway. Absolutely, that's this- what's deeply troubling. And it's in writing. It's so in it's, writing. It's, it's, so, folks, you know, it's not opinion here. It's fact. These folks knew the truth, and they told us a lie anyway. Does that surprise anyone? We got a question for American Mamas. Dear Mamas, did you see the article about the notes that children told their therapist about their parents? Well, let's ask our American Mamas. Mama, Mama. And joining us now are American Mamas, Terry Nettaville and Denise Arthur. This is a story, man, I, I thought this was actually a really sad story. But it this was. this therapist wrote on some post-it notes mm. things that children that she's been working with, direct quotes that they have said about their parents. And it, it in many ways, explains why the kids, the young kids, 9 to 13, mm. and, and some even younger than that, are actually in therapy. Exactly. Yeah. Without these notes, without yeah. without the contents of these notes, these children 
probably most likely would not be with a trauma counselor. And yet, I have but to it's so you can just read them, which oh. we're going to read some of them, and they ring so true. It, they do. Like you can see it. You see it every day well, in I think America about kids with families. Who are not fortunate enough to have therapy, and they grow up into these adults have, who have not had these things, you know, worked on or worked through with them. And what does that do to your psyche? Because like some of them. Uh, Denise and I were reading some of them, and one of them said, you know, it's a seven-year-old kid who said, my dog gets more attention. Dad said it's because the dog can't talk, so I stopped talking. Wow. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. And I'm sure, you know, maybe the dad was trying to be funny, but somehow it struck that child, so the child stopped talking. So did the dad notice and say, hey, you know, let's talk about things. The other one was a a 15-year-old, and this is kind of pointing it because I think a lot of kids feel this way. She said, when I say no, it doesn't mean that I'm trying to be disrespectful. I just don't agree with you. And it's okay not to agree. Right. But that's, and then the six-year-old, if I ran away, my parents wouldn't know. They don't say goodnight anymore. You know why? You know what they're probably doing? Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're probably watching Netflix or they're probably uh, looking at their cell. A lot lot of it, I noticed, was cell phone stuff. That was a lot. You see that in restaurants. Yes. Not just, I mean, with couples, with families. Like, it is so weird to me, like, when we go to a restaurant, like, especially if we have the boys with us, and when they were little, I mean, that's like, that's where you catch up at a table. Absolutely. To me, a car, a dinner, those are what you refer to as captive audience when you're when you're busy and you have yeah. a busy life and your kids are going in different directions and you know that. So when you poo-poo that time, yeah. you don't get that back. Well, it's I think about that too. Like this, you know, kids that I wish I was as important as their phone. And that's kind of speaks to what we were just talking about. And when I think about my childhood, because we didn't have cell phones. Right. We didn't, I mean, the most electronic thing we had was a speaking spell that we got for Christmas one time. Yeah. But, and that phone but, in the hallway right. where everybody could hear you and you were on limited time, yeah. then you better get off that phone. My dad, absolutely. Don't my make dad, somebody call with the operator uh-uh, break in uh-uh. on you <laughs> like it's <laughs> an <right>. emergency. <laughs> my dad would love to talk to all four of us kids and mom. At, he loved taking us to restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, he just loved to. We, we went to Los Amigos here in Shreveport years ago all the time we would talk and on our road trips this is so just etched in my brain on all of our road trips since you didn't have these mechanical devices that you would get on and just escape the car ride we had to talk so we would have dad retell stories from high school and college Mm -hmm. so much so that when my mom you know my dad passed away uh, 17 years ago so my mom and her husband went to their Woodlawn High School 53 union right they asked me to come and speak they asked me to come say a few words 
When I went, I was so blown away because Dad had told us so many stories. Yeah, like you about knew the school. people. And then their yearbooks were just so they incredible. They were just as blown away I, that you knew all their stories. I, when I tell you, I blew their minds because I said, I would say, oh my gosh, you, you know, you, you're, you're Miss Basinger, you're, you know, you're Miss yeah. Woodlawn or you're Penny Duncan. Oh my gosh, you yeah. were one of the beauties. I remember the gloves you had in your picture and the, the coolest. I met the twins. I said, oh my gosh. You're, you're Bonnie and Connie. I used to, dad would tell us these stories all right. the time and I would look at y'all's pictures. So to me, it was almost like meeting the celebrities. All of that to say, had we had phones, I don't know that we would know these no, stories about these people. you would have been playing games. You would have been yeah. playing some kind of candy shop game or something. And that's the thing. You know, I just saw this little thing on Facebook. It just made me think about it. Um, and it was a, how well do your children know you? And it was questions like, for your mom and dad like what's your mom's uh favorite movie what's your mom's favorite pastime what is your mom like you know you know what i'll guarantee you that there are more kids that can't answer those questions than kids that can because they don't know the history of their parents because they don't spend that time i can tell you right now my mom loved barbara streisand and then the actor she loved was Robert Redford. See there? I, you know, Dad's team was the but Steelers. But you know that from communicating yes. and from talking to her. But I'm telling you, that does not go on in every household. Now, luckily, I do think it goes on in a lot of households. But And you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm just going to say... I think it's probably a lot of conservative households is where that goes on because I still think there's still table time and I still think there's that time on the way to church, on the way home, that lunch after church on Sundays, always so important, whether it's at grandma's or at a restaurant. I mean, this is is on America. If we lose each other, it's on us. That's true. If you'd like to ask our American Mamas a question, go to our website, americangroundradio.com slash mamas, and click on the Ask the Mamas button. Turn out a vote. Denise Arthur. Thank y'all. Thank you. Well, coming up next here on American Ground Radio, we are digging deep. We'll be right back. Keep your ear to the ground. American Ground Radio with Louis R. Avalone and Stephen Parr. Welcome back to American Ground Radio. I'm Stephen Parr with Louis Sar Avalone. So President Biden is questioning mm-hmm. the OPEC nations. He's saying that they're turning against the United States to seemingly support Russia. Wait, 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 wait. When did OPEC ever support the United States of America? Look, exactly, Joe Biden got exactly. into Congress back in the 1970s. In the 1970s, OPEC caused the oil embargo in the United States. They caused people to have long lines around the block to get into gas stations. OPEC was trying to hurt the United States as as far back as the 1970s. He's just now figuring out they're on the side of Russia. No, Biden, his feelings are all hurt because he asked Saudi Arabia and uh-huh. other OPEC plus members. Venezuela. To delay. Iran. Anna- no, but here's the Iraq. Thing. No, he was. Al- yeah, exactly. They're, they're no, obviously Libya. No friends exactly. of the United States. But he asked them to delay announcing oil production cuts yeah. until after the November midterms. Yeah. It it just and so it, just get it, this in your mind. It's He's, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard a president try and do. He is begging yeah. foreign nations to drill more oil. Yes. And he is shackling yeah. our own oil and gas industry here in the United States. How, and he is draining yep. our 
Strategic Petroleum Reserves. So go to these countries don't like the United States to begin with. So imagine these these negotiations he's doing. Hey guys, hey fellas, hey buddy, hey buddy, hey brother, hey buddy, how you doing? Oh, and and so, he's, look, and look. he's selling our strategic petroleum reserves to China. But go ahead. Look, look, look. I know, I know. I'm not letting I'm not letting people drill in the U.S. I mean, it's I'm not pulling your leg here. We're just not we're not going to drill there. Then I talked to my dad. My dad said, don't let them drill. I'm not letting them drill. So here's what I need. I know we're so close. I know we're good buddies. Like I know my son fought over here in in, in Iraq. So um, uh, w- would you guys like do what I can't do in the U.S. and and just pump more? Wait, wait, where are you going? Where are you going? Hey, where'd you go? Exactly. No, that and that's what's happened. <laughs> I mean, so basically, Biden had threatened, which yeah. he's good at threatening. Yeah. Foreign countries. And nobody asked for the Biden. So he threatened it's to. Simple. Wi- Here's what happened. He threatened to withhold congressionally authorized arms sales to Saudi Arabia. Okay. Right. And he admitted to this in a sit-down interview with Jake Tapper, CNN's right fake news. Jake Tapper. Uh huh. And we're not going to give arms to the Saudis so they can fight terrorists in the Middle East. Exactly. Unless, <laughs> unless, yeah, they were to delay their decision to cut oil production, right, and to drill more oil in the lead up to the November midterm elections, but what's which so would s- basically be obviously it's all political to boost the Democrat Party. Yeah, in November. But what's so stupid about this is the United States can more than make up for what OPEC is not drilling if Biden will just change oh, tremen- his mind. Tremendously. That's all you have to do. It's simple. I'm not pulling your leg here. Just let the U.S. drill. And we are at 63% of our capacity in our strategic petroleum reserves. That is a national security disaster. Let's dig deep. Working in a coal mine, going down, down. Well, we're about a month away from the elections, less than a month away. The Republicans are going to retake the House. Uh, The only question is how many seats are they going to retake in the House? I think the big question is, will the Republicans retake the Senate, right? We're looking at polls and trying to figure out what's going to happen. One of the things I used to talk about when I was a TV meteorologist is that you have to know from the beginning, every weather model is wrong. Every single weather model that tries to tell you what a storm is going to do or if it's going to be sunny or whatever, every single one of these models is wrong from the very moment it comes out. The key to being a good meteorologist is to understand how the model's wrong and to make the adjustments for wait, your forecast wait, to wait, compensate wait, for the wait, errors. Wait a minute. Why would someone publish a model uh-huh. that is wrong? Sure, certainly it's accurate at some level or at some point there's in time. A, there's a difference between being right and being useful. So no, I, I'm asking, why are you saying that the models are wrong because from the moment that they're created? Okay, so the model will come out and it'll say it's going to be 75 degrees a day and it's 74. Or the model's going to say this hurricane is going to hit Tampa, but the hurricane actually hits okay, Fort Myers. But, so a model isn't necessarily designed to be right or wrong. It's an estimate. It's an estimate. That's the whole point. Okay. It's designed to point you in the direction you're supposed to go. Okay. And if you're going to be good at forecasting, you have to know where the errors are in the model, and you have to be able to make adjustments for that. Okay. Same thing with politics. Every single poll is wrong. In it's order, an estimate. In order to predict what's going to happen on Election Day, you have to know how the poll is wrong and to make an adjustment for it. Make sense? Uh, well, yeah, to some degree. But it, again, it's an estimate. It's exactly. a projection. Right. But too many people look at the polls and go, that's that's hard fact. 
So if a Republican's down in a poll, they go, well, the Republican's going to lose. I, who, who does that? I mean, who well, thinks that polls are media. hard facts? The big media. Oh, well, they want if, if, well, they, Fox News. Oh, Fox but, News called the, the, uh, the election in Arizona before it was fully over because they looked at a poll. But they cherry-picked the poll in order uh, to match right. their narrative. All right. Now, in 2020, the polls were off in the presidential race by an average of 4.5% in favor of Joe Biden. Right? That's how they were off. And after the election, no company came out and explained why they were so wrong. And they haven't been able to identify their error. That means the odds are they're continuing to make the same mistakes. I, I'm sorry. I cannot apply any kind of logical or rational discussion uh-huh. to the 2020 election. Okay. I mean, I, I just I'm sorry. I can't. We've had this discussion before. Right. It was even worse at the state level. Now, there are nine races that will decide decide the balance of power in the Senate. Arizona, Florida, Georgia, New Hampshire, Nevada, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And I'm actually going to throw in one more, but it's a way outlier. If this one influences the election, uh, the, the balance of power in the Senate, then it's Washington State. But that would be like things have gone awful for the Democrats that night. Well, I, okay. I think that's where we're headed here. I wouldn't that would not surprise me. So Real Clear Politics looked at the polls in those states over the last few election cycles and compared them to the election day results state by state. And you end up with an average error number that's unique to each state. And you can add or subtract that number to the polls to see what's going on today. So, for example, in Ohio, the last three election cycles, the polls have understated the Republican vote by nine point six points. The Republican in the race, J.D. Vance, is up in the polls today by an average of 1.4 points, and everybody's saying it's a close race. But if you add that 1.4 to the 9.6, you get 11 points. J.D. Vance is going to win in November by 11 points if the adjustment is correct. So that's your projection. That's what I, that's Rear Clear Politics projection, and I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty, pretty wait, close. Wait, wait, Rear Real Clear Politics. Real Clear Politics is... Uh-huh. 9.6 percent they're they're saying it's going to be 11 11 win for, for JD I, I see gotcha same thing in republican uh, in wisconsin republicans have beat the polls in the past by four points republican ron johnson is up in the polls by 2.7 so his seat he's going to win he's going to keep it in november by 6.7 points see how this works yeah so you can keep doing this from state to state right florida marco rubio is going to win by 9.5 north carolina republican ted budd will win by six even though the polls don't have them up that close Now, let's focus on the races that really matter. Pennsylvania. The polls say Fetterman is leading by 3.7 points, but history say the polls underestimate the GOP by 6.1. So Dr. Oz will actually win by 2.4. Yeah, I think Fetterman is... I think he's going to lose. I think he's going to lose, but and I don't think it's that going to be that close. But. Nev- Nevada, the polls say the Republican Adam Laxalt is up by 1.7, but in Nevada, the polls have actually favored Republicans over Democrats by 0.8. I think that's mostly due to the Harry Reid political machine getting people or just votes out on election day. But nevertheless, you take that 0.8 from Alex Alt, he still wins by about 1.9. Okay, so if you're doing all of this for the Republicans, yeah. what about Democrats? What do you what can you tell us about Democrats? Looks like according to this methodology, the Democrats could retain their seats in Arizona, Georgia, and New Hampshire. That means you would have a Senate of 51 Republicans to 49 Democrats. But I also have a theory, we talked about this earlier, that this year's errors are going to be worse than in previous years because Republicans are more reluctant to answer polls than ever before. So I think the GOP is going to end up with 53 seats to 47 for the Democrats. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. End of story. Good. I'm glad you like that. We'll be right back. You're listening to American Ground Radio. Welcome back to American Ground Radio. I'm Stephen Paul with Louis Sar Avalone. So in Chicago, we all know about gun violence. In that city. It's run rampant. It's ubiquitous. But what about other types of violence? I mean, for example, 
Chicago woman uh-huh. accused of dismembering her landlord with butcher knives. Yeah, that's not good. So but, it's knife but violence. It's knife wait, wait, violence. Wait. What kind of knives was she using? Was she using assault knives? I- exactly. Yeah. But here's the point. Why would someone... I think what we're really talking about, and this is the the left doesn't want to talk about this part of it because it's not, there's not a neat and clean narrative to it all, and mm-hmm. it certainly doesn't support their agenda. But what about when Americans, what about when we as human beings are hopeless? Mm. When there is hopelessness in people's hearts, what happens when the government, for example, okay, takes control? Of your life. They provide everything for you. Provide yeah. your housing. They provide your income. They tell you exactly what you can eat, what you cannot eat. But see, you say the government provides everything. I mean, from cradle to grave. This Wait. is why we say that that a paycheck is more than just, just paying the bills. Right, because the one thing that no government ever can provide is a purpose. It's more important than the money. It's more important than the housing. It's more important than than whatever else you can get, the cell phones you can get from Uncle Sam. Purpose is what will drive your life forward. But hopelessness, and I think there are, look, you look at, yes, I get it. There is evil in this world. Sure. No doubt about it. And we elect some of it to office. But at the same time, there's a great deal of hopelessness. Look at some of the young people in this country committing these horrific crimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, these are kids. Right. And hopelessness becomes fodder for evil. And evil it, will thrive on hopelessness. And yet, the left doesn't want to talk about that. No. They don't want to talk about how... Because when you're giving someone everything, you're taking away the one thing they really need, which is a purpose. Let's get to a bright spot. I'm doing all right. Getting good grades. The future's so bright. I've got to wear shade. Look, look, look. I, I know this is a political talk show, but let's spend a little time talking about God. You, you're all right. In God we trust. Well, wait a minute. We yeah. talk about God. We mm-hmm. talk about the power of prayer, right? How, how it can transform a life, how yeah. it can guide us, inspire us. Mm-hmm. I, this isn't the first time we've ever broached the subject. No, not at all. I used to have a hard time personally asking for things when I prayed. It, it made my prayers pretty simple. It was mostly, you know, God is good. God is great. Thank you for the food we ate, right? I, I, I wouldn't actually go and I wouldn't actually take anything to God and say, hey, I need you to work on this for me. And my thought process was, I'm very small, God is infinite, God has a perfect plan, so whatever it is that he's going on, he's got happening, that must be his plan, and why would he alter his plan just because I asked him to? Well, you know, I I can't say I'm altogether different. Uh I'm very thankful for what I do have, what what blessings that I have been given. Sure. So I, I don't necessarily go to God and say, Hey, can you help me with this? Right. I mean, I, I'll pray for to help other people, other maybe. folks, yeah. perhaps. But I'm just thinking, you know, I you've given me so much already. But see, I've come to understand that there's actually a bit of a limiting factor to that. That that, that how so? Hebrews eleven six. And when I saw this, it kind of changed the way I looked at praying. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he 
is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God rewards those who diligently seek him. Does that make sense? Well, sure. So why would God do something I've asked him to do? Because God rewards those who diligently seek him. When we pray, especially if we're praying daily, aren't we being diligent about seeking God? But I think it's also through your actions. You know, faith without works. Is dead. Okay, so so I, I think to just say, you know, I'm seeking you. Right. But then you don't live that out. Right. I mean, you know, that's, there's a, there's an incongruency there. So I think you can seek God uh-huh. even if you don't maybe say, hey, do this for me. Sure, or absolutely can. help me for this reason or but that reason. But when you have those problems, when you have things that come up in your life that you really do need God to take care of, it's okay to ask him to take care of those things because oh, you're abs- diligently yeah. seeking No, no, him. no. There have been very low points, very low points in my life right. where— it was something completely out of my control. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, oftentimes people become close to God. Right. They become in prayer, those moments. prayer warriors <laughs> in those moments, in right. those moments yeah. where you're just at at the end of your rope. So praying every day is the same as diligently seeking. So swap out the words. God rewards those who pray to him every day. God will answer prayers as a way that he can reward you for diligently seeking him. Yeah, but God already knows your needs. He knows everything about you. And one of the things he knows is that sometimes we need an incentive to seek God just because we're flawed people. And so he gives us this incentive to seek him. He knows that we're flawed and sometimes we won't do the right thing unless we see there's a reward to it. So he's attached to this, I'm going to reward you for seeking me. And remember, there are numerous verses where Jesus tells us to cast our cares to, onto God, to ask him for things and, and believe that he will answer. So don't be afraid to ask God for the things that you need in your prayers. He rewards those who diligently seek him. And God is good all the time. We'll be right back. You're listening to American Ground Radio. Welcome back to American Ground Radio. I'm Stephen Paul with Louis R. Abalone. No, and look, when you blame other people, you basically give them control over your life. That's right. really what you're doing. You're saying, you know, I, I am dependent on that condition, that person, that company, to make me happy. Right. If, if, that politician. If you're saying this isn't my fault, I have no control over this, then you have no control over fixing it either. And when you have folks that are basically wards of the state. Yes. I mean, what self-esteem does anyone, how can you develop an ego mm. to want something better for yourself when everything you want is provided from Credit. some big government? Right program from from a bureaucracy a faceless bureaucracy and see that's the difference and that's why i think conservatives are happier people there's a number of reasons but that's one of them but we don't believe that government can fix all things for us Mm -hmm. or that it can make us content or make us feel respected Um, we don't feel like look we recognize that america is more than just a place that it is an idea founded on an idea that our rights come from God and not from government. I think that makes a profound difference because your attitude does 
determine your altitude. And your pursuit of happiness is up to you. Government's job is to secure your right to pursue it, not to provide happiness for you. It's an inside job. Whoa. When I say whoa, I mean whoa. Earlier this month, Natalie Young became a deputy for the El Paso, Colorado Sheriff's Department. As she graduated from the police academy, an officer from Escondido Police Department was there to pin on her badge. Natalie didn't know this officer personally, but he once saved her life. You see, when Natalie was just six weeks old, a police officer responded to a call at her home. He found her extremely malnourished and her mother laying nearby was passed out on meth. So the officer put little Natalie in protective custody due to the obvious neglect. Natalie was later adopted by another family and grew up wanting to be in law enforcement. She also wanted that officer to know things had turned out all right. So her adopted parents reached out to them and they found Sergeant Jeff Vidalia, who was there to pin on the badge. That is a touching story. May your pursuit of happiness bring you joy.